the Huntley Baptist Church podcast. We hope that this message can be an encouragement to you today. Please feel free to contact us at huntleybaptist at extra.co.nz or visit us at huntleybaptist.com. Proverbs 29, 18 says, Where there is no vision, the people perish. And this verse in the King James Version is, is very well known by, by many Christians, I'm sure, uh, this particular version. Where there is no vision, the people perish. Preachers often use it to, to speak about vision, especially at this time of year, the start of a new year, like now. But in the uh, New American Standard Version, it says, Where there's no vision, the people are unrestrained. And this kind of puts a whole new slant on the cost required to acquire the vision. Because it not only inspires us to have an end goal, it actually channels our energy, our focus and our time towards seeing the vision achieved. You see, our vision should place a restraint you know, on on. On us not to veer off, to veer off track. It should res- put a restraint on some of the things we'd, ob- you know, s- sort of waste our time on. It places a restraint on us to not veer off track to be- or to be wasteful with our resources. And there's also a strong sense of sacrifice in this translation. In other words, unless we're prepared to pay the price, the vision won't be achieved. And it also assumes the vision or the prize is worth the price paid to achieve it. Lisa Carrington is a prime example of someone willing to pay the price of success in her chosen sport. You know, only a handful of people really will ever know the real cost and the years of preparation that it takes to win an Olympic medal, medal, let alone a gold, times how many? How many she got now? Five or six? Her dedication and sacrificial training was finally rewarded, but it meant restraint in every area of her life. What really impressed me, though, and I'm sure you would have noticed it too, that she came across in the media as incredibly graceful and humble in victory. If we're not graceful with one another in our quest for success, then perhaps we have the wrong vision. Or the vision is more important than our relationships. I was very blessed to have a father who had a vision. My father's vision was to help each of us kids get a start in life financially. But he also served the community all of his life while he was building that, that inheritance. But I think the greatest thing of all was that he left an inheritance of faith. He would ask us to go to... He would, almost kick us off to camps. He'd, he'd make sure we went to something, even if it was a costly time for us. 
I remember one day we had like three big mobs of sheep in the yards ready for shearing. Suddenly a gate came open, they all got mixed up. I was sort of wanting to stay and sort it all out and Dad said, no, you go to that youth, youth event tonight. You've, you've said you wanted to go, you go, I'll sort it out. That was leaving a faith inheritance for me. Having said that, are we willing to pay the price in the spiritual realm, in prayer and in action, in order to see the vision of our church achieved this year, the vision of bridging the gap here in Huntley? There's a price to be paid with vision. When Paul wrote the letter to the Colossians, he was concerned that after a great start, they were beginning to lose sight of the vision. And they were at risk of veering off track. The Holy Spirit guided him to address a number of issues in this letter of Colossians. And as we heard last week, Paul's greatest concern was that they should stay true to the gospel. Centuries on, we can now see that Paul's concerns were justified. There are now numerous variants and false teachings about who Christ is, along with cults and many other strange beliefs that attract the scripturally ignorant. By contrast, our reading today contains the greatest good news to ever happen to mankind since creation. In fact, this wonderful gospel actually began in the heart of God before the foundations of the world. And today, I get to remind us all of just how amazing it actually is. What a privilege. This powerful gospel, though, is still simple enough for children to understand. How beautiful is that? Last week we ended our gathering with the hymn, Be Thou My Vision. Ultimately, our vision is a person. His name is Jesus. And even if we do stumble in our efforts to, to live out this gospel truth here in Huntley and wherever you live, or we let others down, he remains faithful and true to his word. And that is the key. That is the key to staying on track and not veering off and losing sight of the vision. We need to be scripturally, what is the word? Astute. Good. Good word. Scripturally astute. Let's get into the word as we begin a new year. When we fix our eyes on Jesus and Christ is our vision, he comes alongside us to individually help us to complete our faith journey. And our faith journey is tailor-made for each one of us with the gifts and talents we've been given in order to serve him. And all this is in order to, to win the prize or receive the prize that's far more valuable than a gold medal. Nothing against Lisa's efforts. <laughs> so let's turn to Colossians 
chapter 1, and we're just going to read verse 12 for now. I've called this message the supremacy of Christ. And verse 12 says, Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. I borrowed the last one of Jeremy's verses from last week because I just wanted to say it again. This thing about giving thanks. Because gratitude is the seedbed of faith. Amen. And without faith, we cannot please God or share in the inheritance of the saints of light. Verse 12. He's qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints in, of, in light. What a privilege. And it comes and it starts by giving thanks. We cannot begin to appreciate who Christ is without faith. You know, verses 13 to 20 are entitled The Supremacy of Christ in some Bibles. And so that's why we've called that this message that. I pray that God will open the eyes of our heart to really get this. So let's dive right in and with faith and a grateful heart and read verses 13 and 14. Let's read together. For he delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son. Verse 14. In whom we have redemption. Whoa. The forgiveness of sins. Another woe. Let's just pause right there. Because Jesus is supreme in his redemption. Wow, we were on one side along with the whole domain of darkness and he delivered us into the kingdom of his beloved son. This transfer is no small thing. This deserves a lot more than a little golf clap. <laughs> Amen. This is a big clap. This is a hallelujah. Amen. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. This is mind-blowingly good news. Not sure about you, but I don't do so well in a dark room. I stumble over stuff that I haven't put away. I kick my toes on the corner of the bed and get a bit of a reaction from Jenny. <laughs> I lose things down the side of my table, drop things and wake Jenny up. I don't do so well in a dark room. But you really don't know darkness until you've been down a mine. Who's been down a mine and had the lights be turned off? Whoa, when those lights go off, you're at the bottom of a mine. That is dark. There's, I've never known darkness like that day. I, one day I did go down. The devil and his horde of demons cannot switch sides. And they are in the darkness. The Father, the Son, and Holy Spirit, on the other hand, cannot sin and live in the light on the opposite side. There's a great chasm. The angels can't switch sides. The only ones who can is us. We are the prize. The centerpiece of creation. 
And God gives us free will to choose to be delivered out of darkness or not. To be delivered out of darkness into the light. Why wouldn't we? Because of original sin, we're born on the dark side. That original sin has sown that seed to every generation. Through faith, though, you can be transferred today. If you're still in the domain of darkness, if that's you today, you can be transferred. That's the good news. By humbly bowing the knee and confessing our sin, we can ask Jesus to transfer us to the other side. Note that it's a, it's a domain. The darkness is a domain. But the, the other side is a kingdom. The kingdom of the beloved son. Once we are translated, as the King James Version says, once we're tra- I like that word, once we're translated, living in the light, we have but one king, Jesus. A few years ago, Jenny and I were in Tonga, and it's a kingdom. It's not a country. <laughs> and they have a king. And we saw balloons and green and white balloons and frilly things all along the roadside because the king was coming once a year to their island. It's an honor culture. I thought we can learn from that in honoring people, but we are to only honor really one true God, one true king, and that's Jesus. Romans 10, 17 says, Faith comes by hearing, not from having heard. Did you catch that? It is the listening heart in the present tense that's ready for heaven's deposit of faith. The whole nature of faith implies a relationship with God that is current on the side of light. (laughs) The emphasis is on hearing in the now. Now. Unless your relationship with the Lord is based on you hearing from him daily, then you'll, you're not truly living in the light. We've got to be all in, no half measures. We can't sail on yesterday's wind. This is how error can creep in to the church. When we build a belief system around past experiences, that's religion. God's into relationship with us. Living in the light requires faith up to the minute. Knowing his voice, living, breathing faith in Christ. The great news is that once we've been transferred by him, we have redemption. The forgiveness of sins. Verse 14. This is the assurance of our salvation, even if we stumble. That redemption is ours once we've been transferred. The forgiveness of sins is ours once we've been transferred, even if we stumble again. Oh, how the world needs this. Amen. I think they'd sleep a lot better. (laughs) Hollywood would love the assurance that their sins were forgiven. You know, politicians would love the assurance that their sins were forgiven. Lawyers would love the assurance that their Sins were forgiven. And lawyers would 
appreciate the uh, fact that their sins were forgiven. <laughs> but without Christ, there is no forgiveness of sins. We need to be delivered by a Savior and transferred to the kingdom of his beloved Son. He is the supreme and unequaled one in redemption. That was kind of point number one. He's, he's supreme in redemption. But Paul isn't done yet. He goes on to say that Christ is supreme in creation. Verses 15 to 17. All things have been created by him and for him. And that's worth more than a little golf clap. <laughs> so, well... Let's give him great praise then. He's worthy. I love the fact that at the time of writing, Paul had no knowledge of microorganisms. Microscopes hadn't been invented yet. When he says visible and invisible, he was unaware of the things the human eye could not see. For by him all things were created, both in the heavens and on earth. Visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things have been created by him and for him. And he is before all things, and, and in him all things hold together. Amen. That's good, isn't it? True science actually backs up God's existence. You know, we shouldn't reject science or medical knowledge that we now have. Because God is God. He's true. It all adds up. Some people say they'll only believe in what they can see or touch. What about the wind? What about electricity? We can't see them. Paul may not have known much about electricity or anything, but he sure knew the Holy Spirit power. The power of God to work signs and wonders in the spiritual realm. See, faith is the door. Faith is the door to the unseen realm, both physical and spiritual. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen. Hebrews 11 verse 1. The spiritual world is the real world. This present world will pass away, but the word of the Lord will remain forever. I once was teaching the, uh, the, uh, the youth group about reconciliation on a Sunday night when we, when we had total impact on a Sunday night. Meanwhile, outside, someone was stealing my brown bongo van. Someone on the uh, PTA said to Jenny the next morning, Oh, well, Jenny, welcome to the real world. I thought, nah, that's not the real world. God is the real world. This is the fallen world. <laughs> Yeah, I did. Minus all the nice bits. <laughs> it's faith that puts creation in its rightful place. And with God, all things, both seen and unseen, are possible. Christ is in all things and over all things. We've got to believe that. Number three, Christ is supreme in the church. Verses 18 to 20. Let's read. 
He is also head of the body, the church, and he is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that he himself might come to have first place in everything. For it was the Father's good pleasure for the fullness to dwell in him and through him to reconcile all things to himself, having made peace through the blood of his cross. Through him, I say, whether things on earth or things in heaven. Christ is the head of the church. I, I don't know about you, but I sort of don't get Christians who don't love the church. Verse 20 says that through him he will reconcile all things. That means us when we fall out over differences or have fierce debate on spiritual matters. He will reconcile all things. Having made peace through the blood of his cross, we need to allow for misunderstandings, mistakes, and trials that others are facing we know nothing about. Let's be slow to judge and quick to forgive. We need each other, don't we? We need each other to get those bumps off, you know, those rough edges. And I know it creates some rough edges as well, but then some people just have that sandpaper ministry, don't they? (laughs) We need them too, I think. Let's have grace for one another. Done in love, yeah. Amen. I mess up all the time. So let's have grace for one another. Especially now with so much potential to disagree. Verse 18 says that he might come to have first place in everything. He already has first place in God's kingdom. But he comes to have first place in us as we make him Lord. As a church, he comes to have first place as we declare him Lord together. There's a spiritual dynamic that only can be achieved by working in unity as a team in good standing with each other. And it takes faith here as well to do team and to make him Lord at church we're nearly there I've known plenty of ups and downs in church leadership but it's the true Christian that sticks at it through thick and thin we work it out if we keep going or should I say we work it out as we keep growing in grace We hear often how people have not been at church due to busyness. Jenny and I get get that a lot. And we get it. Life is full on. It's busier than when we were young. But if we love Christ, we should love his bride, the church, enough to keep church as the number one appointment in the week. So Christ is supreme in redemption. In the redemption of the soul, he is supreme in creation, and he is head of the church. What a saviour. What a redeemer, counsellor, and friend. Let's decide by faith that he might come and have first place in everything in our lives this week. That's our call to make him Lord of the day-to-day stuff. Ask him for the help in the decisions 
Bring him into those daily choices. Let's bring him into our conversations. You know, it's so easy to know what somebody's heart is like by the first 25 words that come out of their mouth. <laughs> Let's bring him into our conversations and not be negative and not put people down. Let's build up the, the kingdom of God this week in our speech and in our actions. Make Jesus your vision. Whatever restraint that involves, what might you have to do less of? What might you have to give up to make Jesus your vision? Amen. Lord, I just thank you for this beautiful piece of scripture, Lord, that contains your gospel, really, that we have been transferred, translated from darkness into light, and we just thank you for that beautiful transaction lord that beautiful exchange that happened at the cross lord we just can't thank you enough we give great praise and adore you for going through with the plan jesus lord we thank you that we have now got a full picture of creation because you made it you're in it. You're in every cell. Lord, we thank you that you're in every part of our lives, and we thank you for the church. We just pray, Lord, that we just commit to, again, be part of it, to build it, to um, pray for the church, pray for the world and pray for the church, and, Lord, pray for one another. We ask these things uh, in the beautiful name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Huntley Baptist Church Podcast. We hope that it has been an encouragement to you. Please feel free to contact us at huntleybaptist at extra.co.nz or visit us at huntleybaptist.com.